0: Cliffcentral.com Well, hello, hello, hello there. I'm Liesl Tom and this is Beyond Ears and Eyes and those click sounds you heard there over our lovely Tibetan singing bowls. It's Shemaine being so excited about today's interview. Hello, Shemaine. Hello, Liesl. I'm assuming it's
1: excitement or nervous energy because we had some gremlins running around. Well, we can always say gremlins because we need an excuse. Yeah, so um, I'm kind of like it's just nervous energy releasing. And in studio with us, helping us out with the technical stuff is Pali Sambui. Hi, Hi. <laughs> so Liesel. Yes, you may Today we have a guest named uh, Victor Otto. Now I, I got him on on YouTube. Can you can you believe I stalked the man and then um asked him uh, if if he'll talk to us and he he was so kind enough to say yes he would. Hello Victor. Hello. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well.
1: Thank you. Okay. Welcome to Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. Thanks. Is
0: this your first South African interview?
2: It is. Yes.
0: Oh, yay. Welcome to South Africa, a wonderfully warm country with lovely, warm people. (laughs) How's that for punting ourselves? I don't know what you're trying to sell. (laughs) I don't know what she's trying to sell you, Victor,
1: (laughs) but, but we want you to sell us, um, well, uh, that's actually the wrong way of saying it, but uh, we want you to talk to us about something that, that you, that you know very well, um, and that is ascension, um, awakening one's higher self. And, and that's kind of like the conversation we're going to go into because, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying this now, but Victor is a spiritual teacher. Um he does the whole vlogging thing uh hence his youtube channel um he blogs he writes um it, i mean the, the information that you can get from him is just so much um he does the whole Kundalini energy thing which <laughs> <laughs> Lisel, don't
0: don't don't roll your eyes at me, <laughs> <laughs> Victor. How did you get started in this field? How, where 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 did all of this start for you?
2: Well, it's interesting. For most of my life, I was a personal trainer. I was a coach, and in being a personal trainer, I always had the underlying um, motive, you could say, of helping people really transform themselves. And fitness was just the the most accessible medium I had with in my life. So I always, it always just took on that role. And eventually, a lot of things happened. I opened a gym and then closed it down, and I wanted to help more people who were more willing to, who were more, like, open to wanting to be helped. So I figured going online would be ideal. So I started doing similar what I'm doing now and and meaning having a website, a YouTube channel, an email list that I help people with, I started doing that with fitness and it just stopped working and it just slowly transitioned into me talking about deeper things and it was when I started to address that whole self-transformation topics and the response I would get, it just quickly like transitioned and I just started being more open and honest with like how I thought it should go bringing in my own spiritual uh, unfoldment and understandings into it, and just sort of shifted into what I do now, which is like helping people who are already sort of finding themselves in like a spiritual awakening or spiritual transformation process. And I just re- recount my own journey and and provide like tips and wisdom based on my own experience. And it just seems to be really helping. It's quite effortless now. I just talk about what I've experienced, and it it's helping others. So.
1: How how did you know that you were changing internally? Because I mean, there there there's a difference between um you know being physically fit and then spiritually fit. So how did you know th- that transformation was happening?
2: Uh, you mean within myself?
1: Yes, within yourself.
2: I see. Well, you know, as human beings, we all tend to grow and evolve and and, and change, obviously, through a course of life, but. With a spiritual awakening, there tends to be a lot of very obvious symptoms that are are, are abnormal, not commonly talked about, um, like weird energy rushes through your body, mm-hmm. mystical encounters some people have with like deceased loved one thing, you know, a lot of weird things that you just don't feel comfortable talking about. But I found myself having all these things, and rather than again, I, I in going through them, I knew that if I was just to ask people, for one, I wouldn't get any answers. And two, I knew people would just look at me like, a, like I'm wacky. So I just went searched around online, and come to find out, the closest resemblance I could find in the past that, that described what I was going through was a kundalini awakening. And, and, and that, so that's kind of how. There's a lot of um, characteristics and symptoms that are very abnormal that tend to be associated with this other this like new level of a self transformation process, you know, known as a spiritual awakening.
1: Mm-hmm. So we would love to, to touch on the Kundalini awakening. Um, okay. What is but- that?
2: <laughs> it's just an energy. It's a force of energy that everyone has, and some people are able to sort of um, unleash it in their body. And this is just a, my own way of describing it. I don't claim to know. I think Kundalini is just a word that some people primarily in the East have used to describe this energy and they sort of, they sort of uh, master techniques that can trigger it within people. And then once it's unleashed, it's a very undeniable force associated with plenty of very uh, bold and tangible, visceral, physical sensations. And a lot of those symptoms I mentioned associated with the awakening tend to start happening once that energy is uh, agitated within the individual.
0: Well, Victor, I always had this, or I, somewhere, got the idea that Kundalini energy has something to do with sex.
2: Um, well, it can be associated with sex, but I, I don't know. Um, some people might, you know, you might be thinking of tantra and tantric, like tantric sex. That could be. Uh, well, uh, what you're referring to.
0: From from, my understanding. Tantric sex is a way of awakening your kundalini energy. In fact, it's from the little bit I know, it's the best way to to trigger it.
2: I see. Yes, that, I'm not. I don't claim to know too much about tantra or anything, but I could t- totally see how that that would be a valid method for doing such a thing because it's just it's sex with you know involving focused concentration and unison with another person. I could definitely see that being a catalyst as well.
1: Okay, so who, who are candidates for this kundalini energy
2: um, awakening? Basically, any human being, anybody, every human being has the potential to awaken it within themselves. Some people are more likely to than others. Um, the likely ones are, you could describe as very more open-minded to such things. A lot of, you know, as you can look out into the world and sort of objectively witness there are varying degrees of uh, you could say, like human maturity. You could say the more mature human beings, you might say, are more likely. But and again, this is just my own understanding. I this, this is like I don't claim to be like the knower of kundalini. This is just my own understanding,
0: Victor. When you talk about an awakening, does that have anything to do with uh, you know? The the so called age of Aquarius, is is that why we are awakening?
2: Yes, many people will say that, and I'm in agreement. It's just the time on the, the, there's just a lot of changes going on, and you're just going to find, I mean, I'm finding it with myself, just making my YouTube channel, that a lot of people, where in the past a spiritual awakening or a Kundalini awakening was extremely rare, humanity collectively was not quite they just weren't at that where they were ready. But now a lot of people are ready and finding themselves randomly springing into this massive awakening process, oftentimes not even provoked by any traditional methods like tantric sex or yoga. It's just, they find themselves, it just, it just all of a sudden in it. And there's a lot of people are going through it now. And which is kind of interesting because a lot of them don't, they don't know. There's not a lot of information out there to say, Hey, this is an awakening. A lot of people think they're crazy. Um, but yeah, it's a turning of the ages, you could say. You know, the times are changing.
1: So when we talk about awakening and we talk about ascension, is that the same thing or is there difference?
2: There's, uh, there are similarities. And I suppose in certain contexts, they could be used interchangeably. But ascension, typically what people are saying is when you, your, your, your consciousness is sort of uh, expanding beyond the local perspective of the individual limited in perspective, meaning most people see themselves as different. I am Victor, you are you, and we are different people. But an ascension process is when your consciousness expands outside of again the local perspective of separateness. Is, I am Victor, you are you,
0: mm-hmm. into
2: a we. Your identity being we are all one big thing, connected. Just as if you were to look into a forest, you could easily say, "Well, there's some trees and some rocks and some birds and some," but you also say. You're looking at nature. It's almost like nature identifying itself as nature is like an awakened person identifying themselves as all that is. And ascension and spiritual awakening are essentially sort of the same thing.
1: Okay. So I've heard of people saying that ascension is for, for now. Um, ascension is not for after you died. Ascension is kind of like making, almost like making heaven on earth for, for yourself right now. And, and then I don't know because this is kind of really, this is still out there, but we need the information. Some people are saying your, your DNA structure changes whilst you're going through, through the process. So, so what really happens to the body as well?
2: This is something. This is not my pers- personal field of expertise. There are a lot of people who do do say that yes, in a sense, ascension is sort of like the the uh, aw- becoming an awakened human while in the physical. And there are a lot of different like measurable uh, physiological changes. I my my forte is more speaking of the subjective actual experience of it rather than claiming to be able to identify specifically exactly what is happening. I don't I don't know. I'm not the person to ask in terms of that.
1: Hmm. And, but but uh, what are the, the physical symptoms when you go through an ascension? You know, what, what does your body do? How can you see that you're busy going through it?
2: Well, it's, it's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of different symptoms, and everyone mm-hmm. experiences different ones. Some of the common ones are extreme random bouts of fatigue, random sleep disruptions, massive changes in your diet, um physical aches and pains and of course those could all be chalked up to just a common you know other issues but usually those come along with again a lot of the other um mystical type experiences and and, and other wild psychological experiences like? um and it all kind of happens all at once uh-huh. and um, so, you, you know you-
1: you're free to give us more. Um, you're free to give us <laughs> give us more examples because I mean these are kind of things that if somebody's listening to it, they'll be going, "Oh, I I can identify with that. I can identify with that, and so on, so so you you don't have to keep it brief.
2: Okay. Um, and are you looking for more like the physical symptoms, or just any symptom at all?
1: Um, more, uh, the, for, for now within this one, the physical symptoms, um, because there are some physical symptoms that you identified now and, and it does make sense. And, and like you say, um, it, it could be just your body reacting, but it could also be, uh, the fact that this is your body changing because of the ascension process, because you're awakened.
2: I see. Okay, you know what What I think will, will really help is what really tends to make it separate itself, meaning like an awakening, uh, physical symptoms associated with awakening versus just random human experiences is the way they stack up. It's one thing to like go through a bout of insomnia. Okay, I'm not sleeping well. Maybe I'm stressed at work. And it's mm-hmm. another thing to feel like really extremely achy out of the blue. It's a little bit alarming, but you say, okay, maybe i uh, got to change my diet. And it's another thing where, you know, you, you extreme like extreme fatigue. But a lot of times during your awakening, you'll have multiple very noticeable symptoms just like that stack up all at once, which makes you think like, oh, my goodness, what on earth is happening to me? I'm not sleeping. I feel like five times my age out of the blue. And just yesterday I was jumping around like a madman. And all these things stack up. I'm getting sick all the time. And then at other times I feel like amazing and you're just so all over the place. And it's so, um, it's such an obnoxious <laughs> for a lot of people, um, combination of annoying physical symptoms. And, and that tends to be what make people say, okay, what the heck is going on? Huh. A lot of people go to doctors and doctors like they, they measure them. They say, Oh, you're fine. And you're like, no, man, I'm not fine. I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. And then you look online and then you're fortunate to come across the video and say, Oh, here's a list of ascension symptoms. Oh my, uh-huh. that could be what I'm going through. But it could really, it's just physical complications in any way. You could have, you know, insomnia, fatigue, aches and pain, but all to a very obnoxious degree, as well as actual health concerns. An example is I had golfer's elbow, which is sort of rare in my age. And I had it in both elbows, which is a really nasty bout of tendonitis. Um, Uh and again, in conjunction with all the other symptoms I mentioned. So. But, but. I I hope. Yep. We're looking for.
1: Good. Why not then? Um, for the skeptic, couldn't you say, oh, well, that's because you jumped so hard for, for so long? You know, you could. Yeah.
2: But For me, in that situation, the way it came out of nowhere, when nothing was really changed, it wasn't as if I had wrapped, ramped up my like exercise frequency or there was no discernible, obvious lifestyle change for like how quickly it just kind of came out of nowhere for me. But yeah, man, again, this, these are just my own assessments. I don't uh-huh. claim that I'm not one to go to for proof of the ascension. It's not something you can just prove,
0: Mm-mm-mm. you know,
2: the skeptics are not going to be convinced either way. <laughs>
0: Victor, at at what point did you become aware that all these random symptoms are not just physical symptoms, but they are indicative of something else?
2: Well, it, it kind of happened for me um, a little bit differently. Some people just find themselves with these symptoms. I had like a, a very a stereotypical kundalini awakening, which is where I, we were talking about before how that's just an energy and you can release it. Well, when sometimes when it gets released in people, it's it provokes an incredibly like almost like an earth shattering uh, experience. And I had that where my kundalini awoke and I just felt this just massive, incredible rush of energy up my spine. And it, it like I can go into more detail, but it was just an incredibly like I thought I was dying. I thought something really crazy was happening to me. And then right after that, I had all these symptoms in a very severe way. Um, So it was it was a combination of that initial experience, as well as the aftermath that led me to start kind of frantically searching online for potentials of what it could have been.
0: So when this Kundalini energy started building up and going up your spine, was it pleasant? What did it feel like?
2: For me, it was not. No, it was too. It was very intense and somewhat scary. In retrospect, I believe it could have been pleasant had I known what was happening to me. But it was just so shocking and so powerful. It was Again, it was like – it wasn't like in my imagination, oh, I, I think I feel some energy. It was like, whoa, what is happening to me? Um, so it, it just – it scared me tremendously. But the-, it, the energy itself did not hurt. But the, my fear of being so unaware of what was happening to me, it just came out of the blue, is what made it a fairly negative experience initially.
0: And when you connected the dots and realized what it was, did it, did it help you make sense of it?
2: Yes. Yes. Because one of the things that got me to like start looking around in addition to what I mentioned is that that same experience of that energy rushing through my body started happening over and over and over again for no reason. I'd be playing guitar and I'd pluck a chord and then it was like, whoa, it would happen again. And after a couple of times, I just had the intuition just to kind of relax this time. I realized that the futility of like resisting it. It was just nothing I could really stop. I, I realized. And, and once I was able to kind of let go, it started to feel very good, very ecstatic, very like almost like a full body orgasm. It was really, um, just an amazing experience. And as I let go into it, there was a divine quality where I felt very connected spiritually. It was just a very, very wild experience. Um, so
0: is there something you can control now, now that you are more familiar with it, does it still happen randomly or do you have control?
2: No. And it's not something you ever really get control over what, what the, In in my opinion, the experience of feeling the energy is not so much feeling the energy itself. Rather, it's feeling the energy bump up against like what I call blockages within your body. And a blockage could be an emotional trauma, uh, a misaligned belief, a disempowering belief that people unconsciously sort of store and carry around. And the whole premise and purpose of the Kundalini is to sort of help um purge you of all of that so it can just kind of flow through you uninhibited. So on one hand, there's more of it than ever within my body, but on the other hand there's far less blockages, so I don't really feel it that much. So it's not like something I would need to control. Rather it's just a uh, you know, it just mm. does that make sense?
1: it it does but but also we, we want to know is are these emotional blockages that you're talking about or is it like the uh the the, the chakras or or what is it because when you say it, it knocks up against it it makes me feel like you know it's kind of like opening up a a pathway so, so so how does it manifest in your body that you actually know okay that's what it did or you know uh, or that's where it touched
2: um, it's not so, it's not so like, oh, it bumped up against this, 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 and this. It's just like the overall effect of having a lot of, yes, they're like emotional blockages, meaning like a traumatic experience or even like a, not even a very visibly traumatic experience. For example, as a child, maybe someone called you ugly. And yeah, the the world didn't end, but as an open, innocent little kid, that the way you experienced that was your, your body sort of tensed up and contracted and like, oh my goodness, that was, Mm. it it affected you big time. And what people do is that happens. And then on some level, we never let go. It like, it like penetrates us and we hang on and then people sort of accumulate this, uh, this baggage of, of these like experiences and they have a definitely emotional component to them. And those, those, the, the accumulation of all those, all that baggage, human baggage, you could say, the Kundalini attempts to sort of like purge you up so that you don't have to walk around carrying it around because okay. it, it influences behavior and decisions and life patterns, whether you really can connect it or not. The Kundalini helps you sort of connect it and then release it. Um So the, the sensation of all that energy, as I mentioned before, was sort of just, all the energy in a body just chocked full of negative ex- stored experiences. And then slowly the Kundalini has helped me unravel a lot of it.
1: Okay. So the, and this comes with this is spiritual growth, um, that, that, that allows that to happen.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: How, how did your life change? Um, when you became spiritually aware and, you know, you went through the awakening stages, um, when you look at how you were and, and, how you are now how do you think you are different
2: honestly in all ways i it's almost like when i look back at like my old like say 10 years ago it was like i was literally a different person Mm. and now i can see in retrospect the person i was was very inauthentic just a very just a character that i learned to become to fit in in the world and now having sort of Systematically, with this uh, whole awakening, deconstructed that character. What's left is like my true, my true essence, my true self, who I really am. Mm-hmm. And the contrast is very different. I'm I'm different at all levels in my interests, the people I surround myself with, my vocation, the way I think, the way I interact and relate with people. You're Literally, also very calm. That What's that?
1: I say you're also very calm.
2: Um, I can be calm. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> perfect. I still get you know rasped up here and there, but I. I would say I just have less defense mechanisms and less resistance to life mm-hmm. and I just sort of allow the present moment to be as it is much more so in a sense you could say I'm I'm more calm yes
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> is this something one can actively go and look for you know say someone is hearing this now are there any way on the path to enlightenment or awakening or ascension Or is this something that you go, like, I want that and I'm going to go and see how I can get a hold of it?
2: Yes. In in my opinion, it kind of goes back to the old added, like, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Meaning, if someone is listening to this thinking, hmm, it sounds really cool, man. they have that natural excitement of, like, wow, I would like to pursue this. They're going to find a way. And there's a million ways. There's no one way to -hmm. do it. Um, And their life is going to sort of arrange itself to provide them with exactly what will work for them whether it's finding someone to talk to or going to a class or buying a program or reading a book or just trying a technique on YouTube they're going to find something that's appropriate for them mm.
0: Victor now this awakening you mentioned earlier that more and more people are are awakening w- w- what do you think will happen once we reach critical mass
2: that's that's the uh, million dollar question right there. no one there's people that say they know i don 't believe anyone really knows I think that's what we 're all sort of here to see. I think it'll be a nice big surprise for us. I think it'll be kind of interesting i don't i I have no idea
0: and tell um, me does, does but, sorry but carry on oh no go
2: ahead I, go ahead I was I was basically done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wanted to ask if technology plays any role in the awakening
2: I think so because I think it connects people. People have more access to information, and information is empowering. And a lot of, like, the structures that have kept, you could say, humanity fairly ignorant um, is they don't have an effect like the mainstream media. A lot of people can agree it's fairly fear-based and just sort of targets people's fears to get viewing and whatnot. But the the consequence of promoting fear so much is is fairly, fairly detrimental. Now people can sort of outsource there are uh, there there's so many sources of information people can kind of become smarter and wiser a lot more quickly and as a result i think people are going to start you know just just it's just going to have a profound effect on people's intelligence as well as just their ability to um just take the next step mm-hmm. so yeah i definitely i think it's also like a a manifestation like a physical manifestation of collective humanity sort of becoming wiser and smarter anyway, where it's transmitting into like there's like the internet. You can go on your phone and and see anything you want to know. Well that's sort of how a fully functioning consciousness is. You sort of just know stuff. You just can tap into it at will. But we're seeing like the earlier precursors of it where again people are initially building the physical representation of it. But I believe that'll eventually get to a point, probably not in our lifetime, that where people don't even need the internet because they can just tap in with their consciousness to anything they need within that moment
0: do you think Hmm. do you think we'll we'll start communicating telepathically
2: uh yeah i definitely do i already already, a lot of people already are i am in a sense um and the way i would experience it is not like i don't hear your thoughts right now it's not like that at all it's that you just become aware of the actual connectedness of human beings um and it happens within my family all the time where i'll be thinking of something it'll be something very random and like totally random and like Unusual, and then my child will blah, 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 will say say it almost like as if they you know we're all tapped into the same like stream of consciousness, and so that's the way I experience it. And then I get a lot of people as well mentioning they're having this 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 as well. Kind of like if you're just thinking of somebody, say you've thought of somebody, and you haven't thought about this friend in ten years, and all of a sudden they call you on the phone out of blue. Like the timing is impeccable.
0: Mm you 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 mentioned earlier that that once you started awakening you became your authentic self now i uh, you know i can't help but wonder that should we start communicating whether telepathically we won't be able to lie to each other it will be a completely transparent society
2: definitely yes and i think the way the reason is happening slowly is because if that were the case now would all hate each other <laughs> you know we're all we all have we're all not there we're all a uh, mass me too I'm, I'm not saying others not me um and i think it'll happen at a rate where that would actually work but yeah that's exactly right
0: yeah because if people on the street uh, were to, 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 <laughs> to somehow yeah, see my see or hear yeah, what what goes on in your head sometimes it it, it could cause trouble
2: yeah it definitely could Yeah. Like I said, I believe the rate at which a lot of people start doing it where it's very obvious like that will be the rate at which people are already sort of changing anyway. It's kind of like it's difficult to have like the spiritual abilities, you could say, but be a sort of a narcissistic and like bad person. It kind of if you have a great telepathic ability, by definition, you have like a lot of love and compassion and would never use it for for, you know, bad ways
1: yeah i think that kind of makes sense which which brings me to this question who is the higher self because during this whole um process what comes up is the higher self when people speak about the ascension process or the awake awakening process that higher self comes in and who who Ugh. is this and and how do they <laughs> manifest in your life
2: mm. It's like a euphemism for your intuition. Your your higher self is like your soul, your true big massive spirit self that's eternal, that already is enlightened, and your higher self can sort of like splinter itself off into these different lifetimes. And what we are now, we're dealing with like little fragments of our true massive self. Our massive consciousness right now is, again, being like splintered off into like what we're dealing with right now. Mm. And as this little like piece of it, we can at the same time access the wisdom and uh, guidance from the quote unquote higher self. And that, that the way we do that is just by our gut feelings, our intuition.
0: Mm.
2: It's not like an, a, a, an actual person you would connect with. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's the higher self in, as well as you, me, the ego self collectively is
1: us hmm. Now Victor Does that make sense? Yes, yes It's, it's wonderful I mean I'm, I'm smiling here Because it's, it's yummy stuff That you're talking about
0: mm. You know you, Your the, the, the lessons that you share with people Are own, all from your own experiences Your lived experience How did you become aware of your higher self And how how do you connect with it?
2: Well I think everyone, in a sense, most people anyway, are connected to their higher selves all the time. They just don't know it. They No one really taught us how to, uh, say, enhance our ability to connect with the higher self. We're taught to sort of ignore our silly imagination and, and, and intuition. And yet mm-hmm. that is sort of the link to our higher self, the mm-hmm. way you just have a, an impression of somebody without really knowing them. You just you have that gut feeling, well, maybe, I, maybe that guy's not very cool. I'm going to go this way or, or maybe – um, it's just you start trusting your intuition more, and then through life experience, it proves itself as a very worthy source of guidance, and then therefore you just sort of open up to it more and more and more, and it just happens more. You start to live your life more from the perspective of incorporating your intuition yep. um, much more into your dis- everyday decision-making. And that's basically how you connect to it. It's it's really that simple. It's not some sort of mystical thing. You need a technique or anything. It's just start listening to your gut more and you'll see why. It'll prove itself to be, again, a worthy source of guidance.
1: I like how you bring it to the intuition because then it grounds it for me. Do you know what I mean? It's something tangible. It's something I can relate to. Um, when you say it's, it's the intuition and that whole thing of um, be, where, where we we don't trust, you know, um, our intuition, and so we, we don't trust. What, where, where we supposed to go and the direction we, we supposed to take in. And apparently that's what, what happens once you, once, once you, um, do the higher self thing and, uh, slash intuition thing. <laughs> Liesl is sitting. The- <laughs> <laughs> Liesl is laughing at me because I'm talking about thing and do the thing and, <laughs> you know, but once, once apparently once you start, um, succumbing to, to your inner self, you actually make space to, Become, uh, the person that you desire to be in, in this body. So it's kind of like that, you know, that where yeah. you go, uh, oh, we all won. um, oh, we need a little more love in this world. Um, oh, serendipity doesn't just happen. It's something, um, you know, that I actually, um, that I willed into, into, into being stuff like that. So oh, yeah. I like that you, that you say the higher self is really your intuition. I think that's grounded it for me.
0: Right now.
2: Oh, good. Excellent.
0: Victor, so yeah. where, where does or how does manifestation fit into all of this?
2: Well, manifestation is something everyone does. And a lot of people manifest, you could say, which is just um, experiencing on a physical level that which they're putting out into the cosmos, the, the totality of what's swirling around in their consciousness many people manifest unconsciously meaning they're they have a lot of conditioned mental patterns of worry and doubt and concern and negative self-talk and and that sort of plays out in their life they they actually attract them experiences that validate all of that but part of the awakening is becoming very aware of that you're doing that like wow I, I'm just, I have this negative thought pattern, and now I can see the connection because I'm sort of changing. I can see I just got to when I was a little kid, and it makes no sense to do that anymore. And therefore, you stop doing that. And you start sort of just living life um, with less of that, less unconscious. And then you can start to sort of play around in the opposite way and say, I want to do this. And you start putting that out there, and you start thinking about it, and talking about it, and writing about it, and doing it. And that's how you sort of manifest what you want. But we're all manifesting, it's just a matter of, how much are you manifesting what you actually want versus your unconscious condition patterns?
1: When when do you really manifest at uh, your peak? Because I mean, everybody's going oh manifest and manifest, and then you you sit there and you try and do your stuff and nothing. <laughs> you know, it's quarter past four, nothing. It's quarter past seven, nothing. So you walk around and you go like, ah, oh, this manifesting uh-huh. thing doesn't work. So where do we go wrong? Uh-huh.
2: Well, it's just many people don't really understand how the manifestation process works. What I've experienced in myself, and I know a lot of people I talk to, is what will happen is, say, you decide, I want to um, do this. I want to move to California. This is what I'm going to do. And what happens is you think, okay, well, I want to move to California. I'm putting it out there. I'm thinking about it. I'm excited about it. Well, how come I haven't been mailed any plane tickets yet? Or how come I haven't gotten this massive job offering there? What happens is you attract all of the things all of those negative patterns I was talking about, you attract them into your life. So really what happens is you attract a whole bunch of problems, but those problems will reveal to you all of the conditioned patterns you have within yourself that are blocking you from already being there. Hmm. Because if you really want something with your heart, that means it's, it, that's in alignment with your true self. It's not a conditioned desire. Um, and therefore, again, what people experience is they want something and they get nothing but a bunch of problems and they say, well, what the hell is this? Um, Rather, but if you can use those problems as a way of uncovering why they're there in the first place, that's actually a very quick and efficient way of getting there. Once you start sorting through the rubble of yourself, you could say, that's when you get the the, the random phone call saying, hey, we got a job out here in California. Come on. Um, But until you deal with what's blocking you, those things can't come in.
0: And how do you know what is blocking you? Especially, you know, when when you spoke about, about the kundalini energy earlier, and you spoke about those blockages, how do you know what they are?
2: It's well, that's that, that's kind of what's nice about the awakening. It sort of reveals that to you, sort of like one at a time, you could say. Um, and it's a combination of things. It's you you just start to have like a s- sensing like of of it. Like okay, you start to just sort of like. Continue to play out the patterns you've always played out. But because you're becoming like wiser, more aware, more connected, you're all of a sudden seeing these patterns from more of an objective state of being. And therefore, you're like – and you start saying, why am I doing this? I can see now obviously that I'm perpetuating this life theme or cycle that I don't like. It's causing me pain. Why am I doing it? And then you find out why. You say, oh, my goodness. And you realize why that is and then just – just the realization of why you're doing it automatically changes to where you don't do it anymore because it makes no sense. It's just a natural thing. And then you just stop playing that out. But it's not like it's a literal as it's sort of an abstract experience. That's multifaceted. It's not like, well, today, Victor, we're dealing with this blockage, you know, and this is what it is. It's more just you just start living your life and drawing different conclusions and making better decisions as your consciousness slowly expands and as a result consequently you tend to just deal with all this stuff
1: i i heard uh, you know with what you're just saying i heard someone say you um you don't attract what you get you attract what you are um and, and then also, what what made perfect sense to me once was a quote by Alan Watt, where he said, "You you are suffering because you enjoy it, and the minute you stop it, um, it'll stop. The process will stop. But as as long as you find um, need for it, it it'll present itself."
2: Yes, that's absolutely true. That that sort of goes back into like unconscious belief systems. You 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 do something because. On some level, even if it's not, doesn't make any sense, on some level, you think you get something out of it. Therefore, continue to do it. But the, again, the awakening will help you realize that, oh my goodness, I'm doing this because of this stupid belief that made sense maybe at age five that has no application in my adult life whatsoever and therefore – That's you deal with it. But yeah, that's that's totally, that's a good way to put it.
1: Okay. We're nearly at the end. In fact, we have a minute left. So for people who are going or who know they're going through an awakening or an ascension, um, what would you say they could do to help balance and keep them grounded when they feel a bit out of sorts?
2: Um, Well, I would say feeling out of sorts is actually beneficial to you. And I get this question a lot, but there's absolutely nothing I can tell you that is going to make a difference. All they have to do is follow their life's unfoldment, make the seemingly obvious wisest decision in every given situation, and their life will awake it, It'll be, it'll transpire in a beautiful way for them. There's no outside techniques that are going to make a lick of difference. Rather, it's just trusting your life, trusting where you're going, and awesome. just coming to your own power. Be, Vic- be mm. you know.
1: Okay, Victor. How can people get a hold of you?
2: Um, well, I have a YouTube channel, and the, the name of it is just Victor Odo, if you go on YouTube. And um, that's have double website. D-O? Um, it's, yeah, Victor Odo, O-D-D-O. Yep, exactly. And I have a website, which is 21stCenturySeeker.com, and uh, my Facebook page, Victor Odo.
0: Victor, thank you very much for your time thank you for sharing your lived experiences with us, this is Beyond Ears and Eyes from me Little Tom, goodbye and from me
1: also Bye. Victor thank you so much um, for speaking to us, hold on we're going to say goodbye and then uh, say goodbye to you proper after the show ends, from me Shemaine Harris, Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central, it was great to have you hope you could make some sense of this and uh, do download it, share it, you can get it on podcast, Facebook and on um Cliff Cliff Central. Bye-bye now.
2: CliffCentral.com